Do you love God but struggle to fit in? Do you have questions that never seem to get answered? Do you just want to have honest conversations about things that matter? Well, let's slow down and take the time to do just that. Welcome to Jesus Never Ran. Well, good day, everyone. Wonderful to be with you. Before we jump in, I always want to give updates during this quarantine time on our spectacular sponsors for Jesus Never Ran. Couple updates, really important things. Number one, Rise Nutrition with Angie Niska. They have started doing curbside service. So make sure you reach out to them and see what you can pick up to meet your health and nutrition goals. Remember, you can find them at Rise Nutrition Menominee on Facebook. Also, a really cool thing going on at Infinity Beverages, infinitybeverages.com. They have begun to make hand sanitizer a huge need right now, and we can help support what they're doing. You can purchase hand sanitizer from them, and then that helps offset the cost that they're inferring by giving away a lot of this hand sanitizer to the people that really need it. So again, go to infinitybeverages.com. You can do curbside pickup there. You can order online. Make sure you keep these businesses going amidst this really challenging time. It's great to be with you on this fine day. Hope you are doing well and this podcast finds you well. We are in part two of our discussion about the church, specifically the evangelical church and the LGBTQ community. Great divide, huge question that a lot of people have. Many church communities still have things in place that would restrict the ability of LGBTQ people to be fully a part of their community. So this is a conversation worth happening. Last week, you heard from Mary Carol Woodman. What an incredible, personal, beautiful, redemptive story. If you haven't listened to it, it'd be good to stop this podcast right now and go back to last week before you jump in to this week. This week, I'm going to share some of my thoughts on the issue. This is something that I've been wrestling with, been thinking of, been researching for probably 15 years now. It was the first time I had that question in my head of why is there this huge divide between the evangelical community and the gay community. And then next week, we get to hear from Colby Martin. Colby is the author of a book called Unclobber. He's also a pastor out in San Diego. Incredible interview. Do not miss that. And if you want to get a head start, just go out on Amazon and get his book Unclobber. Few things that we have coming up. Again, we have Colby Martin next week. He's actually going to be our guest for the next two weeks because he just this last month released a new book called The Shift. So we're going to hear all about that. Then we have a great treat. We're going to hear from Kathy Escobar. She is an author, blogger, pastor out in the Denver, Colorado area. She has a beautiful community called The Refuge. You're going to love her. She is actually featured in season one of Jesus Never Ran, where she shares her personal story. Now we're going to hear more about their community. She wrote a great book uh, that's just, I mean, again, just came out. So we're going to hear a little bit about that. And then I'm ecstatic because a few weeks down the line, we have a two podcast series with one of my favorite authors and one of my favorite thinkers in the world, Brian McLaren. So I'm really excited for all that we have coming up. But today we continue our conversation on the evangelical church 
and the LGBTQ community. I don't want to generalize the evangelical church any more than I don't want the evangelical church to generalize the LGBT community. So any of the thoughts that I have today really are surrounding personal experiences that I have had. And here is the crux of the issue. The vast majority, and I mean the absolute vast majority of people in evangelical churches would say that they love everybody, and I wouldn't disagree with that. And they would also say that a gay person would be more than welcome in their church. I also don't disagree with that because I've been at a lot of evangelical churches where I have seen that there were LGBTQ people there, even couples there at various times. Here's where we run into the problem, though. If you dig down deep enough, there's going to be a divide. So, yes, absolutely, the vast majority of churches are going to welcome in somebody who's not straight to their doors. But the longer they're there, the more potential for a challenge that's going to come up. There's some churches that won't allow people who are gay to be in leadership at their churches, whether that is serving on the worship team, even ushering. Certainly when we get to the level of pastorship, we find that the vast majority of evangelical churches would not allow for that to happen. There was just a story out of Minneapolis a couple of months ago where a church decided that they were going to allow gay marriages in their community. And because of it, they were removed. They were voted to be kicked out of their denomination. If you heard Steve Ween's podcast a little while back, what was that? I think two or three episodes, Shining Like the Sun. He talked about how his community is going through that right now. So, That is where we get into the issue. So leadership becomes a challenge. And then, of course, if someone was gay, if there was a gay couple at a church and they wanted to get married there, that is when a hard line is almost always drawn. So it kind of goes in that order as well. Yes, you're welcome at our church. Some would allow you to be in leadership. Most wouldn't. But then when it comes to the issue of can you get married in this church and would we ordain that marriage, the absolute vast majority would say, no, that would be the line. So put yourself in that same scenario. What if you walked into a church and you were accepted and that's wonderful and that's beautiful, but because of who you are and who you love more specifically, because of that, you're not allowed to be in any sort of leadership at that church. I'm sure you, like me, would think that would be wildly offensive. And then one step farther, you meet somebody that you love and want to commit your entire life to, and that community won't allow you to express your love in the way that you want to. They won't support it. How could we see that any other way than being wildly offensive? Why would we expect somebody who is in the LGBT community to accept that on any level? It would just be offensive. There's no way around that. Now, I know what some of you are thinking as you're listening to this, but what about what the Bible says? We're going to address that a little bit today, but make sure you join next week's conversation with Colby Martin because his book, Unclobber, goes through every single passage that seems to talk about this particular issue, and he talks about how we're seeing them incorrectly. Speaking of the Bible, let's look at how Jesus lived his life. Jesus went out of his way 
to reach out to the outcasts of society, the people that nobody else wanted to be around, and certainly the people that were not accepted in society. Jesus would go out of his way to reach out to them. So think about it. He would reach out to the lepers. He would reach out to people who were not Jewish. He reached out to a tax collector. He reached out to a zealot, which is a violent revolutionary. He reached out to a prostitute. He went out of his way to reach out to the outcasts in society and not just to reach out to them, but to say you belong in the kingdom of God. God's work here on earth involves you. So I don't know how in any way, shape, or form we could get it through our heads that following that Jesus means excluding anyone. There was actually one group of people that Jesus was always very harsh against. Now, he didn't exclude them from the kingdom of God or the work of God on this earth, but he was very, very harsh towards them. And that was the group of people or the groups of people that were telling people that they don't belong. That was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders. That was the one group of people that Jesus would come against on a regular basis. The people who were picking and choosing who's in and who's out. So isn't it interesting that here we find ourselves a couple thousand years later still feeling like we're in the business of telling people who's in and who's out when it seems to me that that's the very thing that Jesus came to be against. We stand in a tradition with a long history of using our holy book to do horrible things to other people. Some things that we have done, and here's air quotes for you, in God's name, continue to tarnish the work of Jesus on the earth today. We have used the Bible as a justification to kill people of other faith traditions. I mean, think about the Crusades, and that's just one example of many. We have used the Bible to justify slavery and racism. If you look back through history and you see the history of our world and our nation and you look at slavery, you will find the church there and you won't usually find it standing on the right side. We have used and continue to use the Bible to silence and abuse women. And we have used the Bible and continue to use the Bible to exclude and demonize the LGBTQ community. So why do we do these things? Well, there's several reasons. I'm just going to point out a few. Number one, we have a distorted view of God, and we're going to cover that in an entire podcast in the near future. Number two, we love to be right. And I mean, we love to be right and in control. And then arguably, the biggest reason that we do this is because we fear what we do not understand. And what we do not understand makes us very uncomfortable. There's been a debate going on since I've been a part of the evangelical church about whether a person is born gay or whether they choose to be gay. And the answer to that question is, it depends on what gay person you're talking about. 
<laughs> Again, we like to generalize so much, don't we? And we like to say, well, this just is how it is. But I will say this. If we want to stand on the side of modern science, which I know sometimes Christians don't want to do, but if we want to look at modern science, it's pretty clear and very rarely debated in this day and age that you absolutely can be born gay. I would caution you to stay away from that debate because it's just not helpful at all. And basically, you're going around telling people that they're liars. And I don't think that's a healthy way to bring Jesus into this world. When I think about conversations that I've had with people, and I guess when I think about American Christianity or just Christianity in general, people who say they're against homosexuality, which again is the majority, People who say they're against homosexuality will say, well, first of all, let me say this. That's a weird statement. Would anybody ever say I'm for or against heterosexuality? It's just a strange statement in and of itself. But anyway, people who would say that would say things such as, and again, some more air quotes here for you, that it's disgusting, it's gross. My favorite is one that they take from the Bible, that it's an abomination. And often people will say it's not God's original intention. These phrases lead me to believe that when people who say that are talking about people who are gay, they're actually simply thinking in terms of sex. They are thinking about a sexual act, and that's why they are identifying it as gross and disgusting. And again, that's simply because they're uncomfortable with it. Now, here's the thing. I am a straight man. I'm a straight man who's been married to the same woman for almost 22 years. And I certainly hope that when I walk into church holding her hand or with my arm around her, that people who see us are not thinking about us having sex. That is what an abomination would look like. Because a romantic relationship certainly involves sex, but that's just a tiny piece to a very huge and remarkable puzzle. So I guess here's the question. Is it gross for two men or two women to have a deep emotional connection? Is it disgusting or an abomination when two men or two women commit their entire lives to one another in a monogamous relationship? Is that disgusting to you? Here's the reality. God is love. If we want to take a Bible verse, let's take that one. God is love. Where there is love, there is God. And when you read that verse, there's no asterisk next to it that says how we should express God's love. As we continue on, let me say this. You're probably discovering that I'm pretty passionate about this issue, and I absolutely am. And it's not because I look at it as an issue of faith or an issue of religion. It's quite different than that. The reason I'm so passionate about this issue is that to me, this is a civil rights issue. This is a situation where people are not receiving rights that they should have simply because they are a certain way. And to me, that is a huge issue and one that we've seen in such horrific ways throughout our entire history. 
So to me, this is just as much, if not more, a civil rights issue as it is an issue of religion or an issue of faith. And we, as the church, throughout our history, have done a huge injustice to the LGBTQ community because we continue to look at that community as the outcast and we continue to not allow that community equal part of our community. So that's why I look at it with such passion. So let me give you two more points as we start to draw towards a close. Number one, we already talked about Jesus. Let's bring him up again because he's kind of a big deal. Jesus never one time in all of the gospels and all of the words that we have him saying, never once does he condemn people who are gay. Let's go a step further. Never once does Jesus even talk about the subject. Why do we care so damn much about this issue if Jesus never even talked about it a single time? That's crazy to me. Like this is the biggest issue. This is the biggest sticky point over the last hundred years probably of Christianity. And Jesus never mentions it one single time. And we might think, well, maybe it wasn't prevalent at that time. Well, read Paul's writings. He talked about it. Go back to the Old Testament. It's talked about in the Old Testament. We're going to talk about the verses in the Bible that seem to address this. It's not that it wasn't around. It's that Jesus just didn't see it as important enough to talk about. And if we're going to follow Jesus, we need to take note of that. Now, I've found myself in conversations, and maybe we'd call them arguments, with people that try to tell me that that is not true. But man, you got to do some juggling to make any verse, anything that Jesus said, seem to say anything about the LGBT community. I mean, you got to work really hard (laughs) to make that happen. So again, what Jesus does stand for and what he does do and say is he wants us to be for the oppressed, for the outcasts. And in our culture, that still to this day and will be for some time, I'm sure, still is the LGBTQ community. Now, my next point and my final point for today, and we're going to dig into this so much deeper next week with Colby Martin, is that evangelical Christians and just Christians in general, part of being a Christian means that we believe the Bible to be true. Evangelicals would go so far to say that it's inerrant or infallible, which we'll talk about in a future podcast altogether. So in order for my argument to mean anything to somebody who believes the Bible is true, which I'm not saying you shouldn't, but in order for my argument to stand up against your beliefs, we have to look at the whopping six passages in the Bible that seem to say something about it. And what we'll find is that we're looking through a lens that is so skewed. We are looking through a lens in which I believe throughout history we've wanted to condemn and put outside of our communities people who are gay. And so when we look through that lens, we're going to find what we're looking for because we can justify just about anything by looking at the Bible and by picking out verses that we think bolster our cause. But we're dealing with a book that's thousands of years old. It's a bunch of books combined, thousands of years old, and it's a translation because it's coming from a language that's not our own. So we've got 
problems in that area as well. And when you look at every single one of the passages about homosexuality, and again, I even use that term very loosely because even the word homosexual didn't come into the Bible until I want to say is about 60 to 70 years ago. So it's not like that word has always been in the Bible. It's more recently been translated into the Bible, and that is super suspect. But if we go through each one of those verses, which if you get Colby Martin's book, Unclobbered, you will have a chance to do. And I'm going to recommend some other books as well next week. But you can go through each and every verse and see that we're looking at them incorrectly. They're not talking about what we think they're talking about. But it takes a little bit of time to really digest what is going on in those verses. So again, we're going to dig in deeper next week, which is why you'll want to make sure you join in that podcast. But It's not what it seems. And people will always say, well, the Bible is just the truth. You can't refute it. Well, if you believe that, that's fine. But then we have to identify what truth is because just because it's your truth doesn't mean it's the truth. You might call something truth that isn't truth. People used to say the world is flat and that was their truth. We found out that it wasn't. People used to say people couldn't be born gay and that was their truth. And now we found that that is simply not true. And so we need to look at these passages with fresh eyes, with an approach that says, I don't want to bolster my belief system. I just want to get to the heart of Jesus. And we are going to find that these passages in the Bible, they don't condemn same-sex relationships because it's not really what they're talking about. In some places, they're condemning excess. In other places, they're drawing cultural lines. In some places, they're speaking out against things like temple prostitution. And in other places, they're being used to unite Jews and Gentiles. Again, more on this next week. And we'll try to do it justice in one podcast, which is going to be tricky, which is why, again, get Colby Martin's book, Unclobber. And if you want to get a head start in the conversation, order it this week. When we read about Jesus and experience him, we get to know a loving self-sacrificing Christ who is overtly inclusive? Would the Jesus who, while dying on a cross for us, welcomed a thief into the kingdom of heaven, would that Jesus really desire us to condemn and exclude people because of the way they were born? Can you really get that to make any sense in your brain and in your heart? I, for one, man, I can't even get close. When we exclude and condemn, we begin to have an eerie resemblance to the very people that Jesus spoke so harshly against. Now, I get that what we're tackling here this year with Jesus Never Ran might be challenging the very foundation of what you feel like you've always known. And the way that I look at it is this. That's not a bad thing. Because if you come through this and believe the exact same that you believed before you started listening to this season, then great. Then you are just stronger on that foundation. But if you come away with this and your foundation is changed, you didn't lose a foundation. You just changed your foundation. And let me tell you, If you look throughout history, that has not been a horrible thing. That's actually been a really healthy and really good thing. Now, we've got some great podcasts coming up. The best way to stay on top of this is to subscribe to Jesus Never Ran and then give us a rating and write a review. 
That's number one, the best way that other people can learn about this podcast. And number two, when you subscribe, then you'll get notification every time a new episode drops. We come at you every single week. And again, next week is Colby Martin, pastor and author from San Diego, California, talking about his book on clobber. Until next time, keep walking.